Steve Addison here for the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today, we're talking to Colin and Lindsay Seal in London about multiplying movements in the workplace. This girl down on the mission field. She always had a heart for the nations. I wasn't quite there yet, but I knew I wanted to marry her. When got her in Thailand, we came back to the States, back to Austin to start to um, prepare as missionaries. But I was going undercover as um, uh, convincing her to stay back in the States. <laughs> Our church had an 18-month program to prepare missionaries. I thought that's just enough time to convince her to stay in Austin, Texas with me once we get married. Um, and by the grace of God, he totally switched um, switched the tables and my heart got captured <laughs> for the nations. But as we were about to go, uh, God really pressed on our hearts that we need to do it locally before we go anywhere globally. And we had some semblance of what that would look like, but felt like we really didn't have a proper plan to be able to see what we wanted to see in the nations. And so we just begged God, help us. We need, we need help. And he brought us a team of other people that were also wanting to do the same thing of being missional, uh, very intentionally in a movement mindset and movement framework in Austin. And so we got connected to uh, a group of people that many probably may know, Fred and Melissa Campbell and Garrett Lawrence and all of them, Jared Roberts. And we just started to go after it in Austin. And it was just, that was the experience we were waiting for to prepare us to be sent anywhere in the world. And I think one of the <clears throat> unique things about that time is that, so I was working at Google and Colin had his own financial practice. Mm -hmm. And so while we were desperate to see movements happening in our neighborhood amongst our neighbors, yeah. we also felt, both of us felt like we're kind of in the middle of an unreached people group every day, me with tech millennials and him with like wealthy lawyers. <laughs> And so what was it going to look like to, we've been, you know, learning and now started training tools for really just having a framework for what does it look like to see disciples made, who make disciples, who make disciples. And so we were also um, discerning and hearing from God. Also, what does this look like working at a very secular company? Um, and so um, also began training once, you know, once God was pleased to see fruit in that as Google started sending me all over the States and then to Europe um, and his finance practice also had him traveling a bit. We started um, using these tools, seeing fruit and then training those as well. So that's kind of how that came up too. Okay. So you really dodged a bullet there with um, Colin because he, he didn't he marry you under false, false pretenses that he wanted to be a missionary. <laughs> We've, we've talked to our marriage counselor. But let, let's, let's just for one second, let's just point out the fact that his plan was, oh, I'll, I'll totally get her heart for the nations to cool off by joining this mission sending program. I mean, it was a flawed plan to begin with. It, for was, sure. it wasn't well thought out. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of an example of successful missionary dating. You, you converted him. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Come on. Well, we, right. we still obviously felt a burden for our neighbors and had seen God 
bring many people to his kingdom in our neighborhood. And we're, that's really where we were assisting raise up laborers was in our neighborhood. Cause that's where we could model things, yeah. you know, and actually show people what's happening because you can't really bring them into your office place. Um, but the crux of us really like where we felt like we were doing the hardest digging and the hardest plow, you know, um, where we really felt like we were kind of undercover agents and missionaries sent out was actually more into our workplaces. Yeah. That makes okay. sense. We were just starting to see the potential of business as mission, mission through business, truly, given the global context of a lot of companies, especially in Austin, where we're from, that we could reach and go places through the avenues we have at work. Mm-hmm. So you had a both end strategy. You started locally, but then you just kept going in terms of your your workplace contacts. Yeah. Yeah. If we're honest, it was definitely the local work that gave us the boldness mm-hmm. to do the work in our office spaces. Yeah, do this, but we started to realize we have opportunity throughout our even business engagements, and I was naturally going to coffee or to lunch with colleagues. And one of those occasions, which took me about four months to actually schedule. <laughs> so there was some element of busyness still there in my, my reality. <laughs> Just a mere <laughs> but, four months. Um, got in place, one of my colleagues on my heart, went to lunch with him, just hearing his story and hearing a lot of brokenness and hearing a lot of challenges, offered prayer there at lunch. And I just let him know, um, I don't know if I've ever shared my full story with you. Could I take just a couple minutes to share? And I launched into it sharing in a linear gospel format. But before I could say I surrendered to Jesus, he stops me, says, and, uh, and how did you, how do I do that? And I was just wondering, what are you talking about? So he said over the past four months, <laughs> lo and behold, he'd been searching for how to follow God. He went to churches, went to YouTube channels. He couldn't figure it out. And so I just let him know real simply. Here's the plan. And so he said this beautiful uh, prayer to surrender to Jesus. And he's crying. I'm crying. Probably people around us are wondering what's going on. And invite him into discipleship. First at work where we just started to get together over coffee or lunch pretty consistently. But then invited his family into our home and into our house church that was meeting. And then the wife came to faith. And, man, they both started to take off where uh, Luke was going into the back of his neighborhood with a flashlight and a Bible at 3 a.m. in the morning, leading this homeless community to faith, started a little house church his in this homeless parish. community, uh, <laughs> left to him and live with him because he knew he had to disciple him, and he gave him work. And, and um, we also had other amazing stories come from him where early on they had told us, guys, we're embarrassed. You're our only believing friends. And we told him, that's not a problem. Let's go help others believe. And so two months later, he called me and said, hey, I've already told everyone that we know. And we've invited them to come stay with us. We've shared with them. A few of them want to follow Jesus. What do we do next? And it was just a real natural, hey, everything that we've done with you, you can do with your sphere of influence as well. But that was just the entry point was work. And it was a colleague that also invited them into our lives as well. And, um, and so many stories of that of the time and the community we actually have around us at work being developed in such a way that it would bleed into our natural life and our workout or our life outside of work. I think in the early days, it was a lot of sewing for me at Google. Um, and the way, you know, the simple tool that we teach now is basically how to enter in an 
um, not an HR sensitive way, maybe, but that's, that's the best way I could say is how are you offering care? And we do that through prayer. And just, um, as soon as anyone says anything negative, we just offer if we could help them. And then if we could pray over them, well, at Google, that was really, really effective. Only one person ever told me no out of over 90 people that I ended up praying for. And as Google started sending me to New York and San Francisco and London, it was as if Google was paying for short-term mission trips. That's kind of how it felt. But a lot of what I was also doing was looking for laborers for the harvest, um, those that are coming out of the harvest, but also even existing believers. And like, how, what does it look like to not be doing this alone? So I'd asked God for a very specific woman that I would be able to assist and raise up for a time, but that she would surpass me in fruit really quickly. And then I would know that there was a time that I could leave essentially, you know, because she would, I would be a stopgap for her. Um, and I met then, um, Probably two weeks after praying, a really specific prayer met a young woman named Erica. She doesn't mind me saying her name. Um, And she had just started following Jesus. I didn't um, actually see her come into the kingdom, but God sent me to her, her to me, like immediately after. And she had literally been asking God, probably as long as I've been asking God for her. She'd been saying, okay, so I'm like a Christian now. How do I do that word? And so just started teaching her and showing her um, what that was looking like and would just have her come along to even lunches where I was like, okay, Erica, I'm just warning you, like, I'm going to pray for this person. And then I'm going to look for an opportunity to share the gospel. And you can watch me in that. And then like a next lunch break, we'd have one of her friends come and I'd be like, okay, Erica, I'll start the conversation this time. How about you share the gospel? And so we became a little team, but speaking of work leading into family life, It was as if I was going out and looking for people to share with, but Erica was a magnet for like brokenness. Like people were flocking to her um, and just sharing their problems. And so it was all of a sudden that she had a tool and it was as if as soon as something, God would give her a chance to use it like five times in a week because she was just such a magnet for broken people. And so within a really short amount of time, she started, she sees God please to start a, um, a Google church community startup in Wednesday mornings. And then they had to move to a house church. She had to move the church also to her house. And so she's actually got three now, one in her house with women from various tech companies all over Austin, one in Google, um, for brand new, pretty much not yet believers. And then one at Google for uh, kind of training up laborers who are existing believers. So talk about like, fruit that was beyond what I saw. Um, I was excited seeing like two people coming into the kingdom and she's mm-hmm. got more than she can handle. That was just good. So with Erica, it's been really neat because we've also now been able to fly her out to San Francisco to kind of encourage and raise up, help raise up laborers in Silicon Valley. And then she's also come to London bringing a short term kind of like small team with her um, where we assisted and encouraged laborers at Google and Facebook in London, and then took a trip over to Dublin to kind of start work up in Dublin as well. Um, and the amazing thing is that it was all with actual business reason that Google honored to bring her over. So that's pretty cool. We're starting to seed and they're starting to think, what would it look like for me to go to other places where there's other presence for my company? So Accenture, where we do a lot of training and there's a lot of fruitfulness happening. They have a lot of presence in India and South Asia and have a number, just thousands of employees in Bangalore. 
And so we're working with plans now. Okay, let's find reason on the edges. And there's also unique opportunities that as we disciple in the workplace and they're multiplying, they're starting to see their business opportunities for advancement of the kingdom. So for example, there's a Facebook project where they're now going to literally the unreached to send engineers and send uh, Facebookers there on six month stints to learn the culture, but then also learn how Facebook can develop in those cultures. But, but now the person who is in is has a lot of influence on who goes on those projects is one of our main leaders. And she's thinking, okay, what would it look like, like to send laborers out on these projects for six months, literally on Facebook's dime to go amongst the unreached and have all the resources that they need to connect and reason to be there. Doing so, good work for Facebook. Yeah, doing good work for Facebook. So there's there's just so much potential. <laughs> And, and the other thing is that in London, it's just so, we're, we're based out of London now, um, and it's just so diverse and international. Like, I think the things that we shoot for sometimes in America, it's like, you can't even not, like you shoot for diversity in America. Well, London, it's like not an option. So with one of the banks that we train consistently and have like a, um, a community in that goes out and shares the gospel regularly <clears throat> in one of those banks in a regular meeting, we'll have 10 nations there. And uh, most recently we had a Gujarati uh, man saying that like he had a church back in India and wanted to bring this um, method for them being able to reach out into India and will we help him do that? Like absolutely no problem. Like absolutely. Um, And so it's not even just getting to those places ourselves, but the access is actually through the people who are working at these companies and are from those places. And if you really think about it, like they're kind of the success story. If you're talking like an underdeveloped nation, they're the success stories. They have influence. And so they're, they're actually, um, it's, it's easy to see how they would be the one that God would call up to go back. Yeah. So why, why did you choose London? Uh, uh, you can ask God and then London. Yeah, London chose <laughs> us. We uh, had a vision, a vision a few years ago about the Mediterranean and just felt very prompted to engage, raise up apostolic teams, see kingdom come across the Mediterranean. So we were moving towards waters and looking at places like France or Italy or North Africa. And through Lindsay's work opportunity, which as an encouragement challenge, as we just have this mindset, we just start to think of work differently. And Lindsay was able to start a refugee nonprofit through Google and then pitched to bring it to the UK because it was the best place to start for Europe and was able to go. And so that brought us to London two and a half years ago. And through that, God just started to reveal some cards for us of what he wanted to do in and through London to reach the nations, to all the nations. We weren't quite picking up on it then. <laughs> But fast forward to last summer, we were planning on moving to France. We're just stopping in on London to basically pick up some of the pieces and carry some of the stuff that had started two years prior. And God had aligned all kinds of things through prophetic words, through fruitfulness, through the reality that there's so many nations represented here, so many refugees that already have a heart to go back to their home country and be the nation builders, the peacemakers. And so he... uh, made it very obvious <laughs> that this is where he wanted us. And, yeah. and also we are, <clears throat> our diary became full with different companies that wanted 
uh, groups gathering, like Christian groups and companies that wanted training. And then they weren't just, it wasn't just like, oh, we have so much training opportunity at these global companies that are hubbed in London, which would be enough. But like, it was that they were so hungry. Like these people are bold and they love Jesus and they're willing to sacrifice. Like they were laborers. And so it was as if it was like, we could have done a training twice a day, every day of the week. And then those people would also go out with us um, into the immediate area, into their, uh, like outside of their office building to share the gospel and try these things. When we saw like, not just the opportunity, but then the willingness of the laborers and the diversity, it was like, okay, something Something remarkable is happening here. And I will say God confirmed it by the place he provided for us to live, which yeah. has become such a strategic hub. Oh. We literally can see the new Facebook and Google headquarters being built right outside our windows. And it's just been, it, that was probably the final uh, confirmation for us that this is where we need to be. <laughs> All right. We could talk about London for a good yeah. <laughs> We get excited when we start talking yeah. about London. Yeah. So what are you learning about how movements spread uh, in the workplace and, and through global cities? Yeah. Oh, so many things. I could say one, just a really easy thing is that we've got to stop pulling people out of their jobs to be Mm full-time ministers. Like they have got to stay in their jobs and they need to be the most creative, the, have the most solutions to problems and see their their role where God has placed them with the skills he's placed them with as the most strategic position that they could have in the kingdom um, and to start seeing their uh, their roles at their companies as a, yeah, a strategic kingdom placement as opposed to just the side thing that they do when they're not able to be going out and ministering yeah. in a different way. Hmm. And uh, just removing all those barriers because there is this mindset of Christians in the workplace that my work is not what I'm called to. It's my ministry, but helping them see, especially it's really easy whenever people work at like the ministry of justice to help them realize uh, you work in your ministry. It's in the name of the place that you work. <laughs> but then also the timing issue is I don't have time for this. And so the one of the greatest success to see momentum start to build is help them break down that time barrier in their mindset. And one way we've just done that is create these model zones of engagement around their office, which are only, we only schedule them for half an hour. So we encourage them just take half an hour out of the week to engage, just step outside your office or it could be in your office, whatever you feel led to. But that 30 minutes for all of those groups, those community care groups is what they're calling them, model zones all across the city of London, are breaking down the barrier very quickly of the time issue. I don't have time. And over those half hours, just since it started in February, there's now now been almost 200 people come to faith over half hour lunch breaks. Yeah, it's insane. And so it's causing them to realize how productive they can be for the kingdom, <laughs> even during their little moments that they have. So, so, so what happens in, in a mod? Just walk us through typically what does it look like to be in a model zone? Yeah, well, we should call them community care groups. That's, that's, the, that's the name. Yeah, but that they'll, they'll, they'll huddle down in the lobby of their buildings in downtown or wherever they may be, Westminster, and pray together, break up into teams of two and three, and just let people know hey, we're taking our lunch break out to care for people. 
they'll go out, sorry, you're skipping a second. They'll go yeah. out into the, so say they work um, in a big building on Fenchurch Street, which is like a financial area of London. Then they'll go out in the general areas at lunchtime because there's loads of people that are, you know, in their suits eating a pret sandwich for lunch. Um, and they and just, the parks are packed, um, the parks the are packed even, I mean, even in bad weather. <clears throat> and so they're just walking up to people offering um, prayer, practicing the things that they're practicing for their own work environment, doing it with strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, <clears throat> if the person is interested, um, sharing with them a story from the Bible and then sharing their story wrapped around the gospel. And from that, they've just found that people are, it's almost as if people are waiting for someone really to walk waiting. up to them. And then, you know, logically what's flown, what's had to grow from that is that people have um, begun yes. gathering together in different like coffee shops to do um, church. church. Yeah. And so that's a few of those have started, um, have birthed out of this. And then now laborers that have come to faith within the last six months are now going back into the harvest with them and, and gathering for those community yeah. care groups. So it's uniting offices in a general area because of that. So I don't know if that's the question, but no, and I think great. there's yeah. a, um, there's something happening spiritually where Christians want to have influence at work. And one of our labors at Salesforce through mm. is there so many companies are taking strong political stances and there's something about the believer gaining boldness to influence their company. So at Salesforce, they were uh, driving the CEO to make a decision on, uh, women's or um, abortion. abortion and one of our leaders just felt very strongly. I need to gather all the stories and encouragements of all the believers that are want our pro-life and send that to our CEO. And she's high up. So she's able to communicate with them, but she sent all these stories and said, Hey, this is from your people here. And also these are people that love you and are praying for you. And the next day CEO comes out saying, we're not going to stand up for abortion. Um, so that influence is rising. And then also Christians are wanting to gather and there's gatherings happening pretty consistently, at least with prayer. And so it's all been birthed out of all these Christians gathering together and praying and even finding Christians everywhere. We were sitting with one of our partners in a few, no, two weeks ago and God prompted my heart to encourage me to start to investigate if there's Christians in the palace in Buckingham palace and the partner we have is with Christian groups and I just turned to her and say where are the Christians in the palace and she's like I have no idea but sent me a text two, two days later and said hey we found some Christians and they want training they've been trying to figure out how to reach people in the palace and so spiritually there. there's something happening where God wants to bring the church to the work and we're just capitalizing on that and trying to break down all those barriers that people have in their mindsets it's, uh, we've uh, adapted a lot of the tools to just seem like a lot of business concepts and so everything we frame looks like a business concept. So what we've uh, started to see is as soon as we train people, they immediately just in their business mindset and kind of that project manager mindset, they go and train other people without even, we have no idea. So there's, we get news of trainings happening in New York or in Seattle or Chicago. And we're like, Oh great. That's really amazing. But we just framed it in such a way that the people can just take it. And it's, they're, we're tapping into a lot of the creative minds, especially in tech, and they're just willing to take initiative. And that's why they're at the company. But someone specifically that is in London, you should tell Sandra. She's yeah. Okay, so um, a wonderful woman named Sandra. Um, when we first, she came to our training once. In a very group. dark 
uh, flat in very far east London. <laughs> unlikely place. And she was yeah. kind of like, okay, this is cool, but like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I'm really excited about it, but I don't think I would do it. And so she came back the next week and we had asked everyone, how did it go? And she felt convicted, like, oh, I don't have any answers because I didn't really do it. And so she's like, this week I'm going to go out and I'm just going to try engaging people as I go. And as she started to engage, she saw that people were really open and it's like, that's all it took. And she just needed to see openness. And so she's a full-time, she has her own uh, hair salon. And uh, so she sees opportunity with her hair salon. And then she also sees opportunity with her unique schedule. And so what she's now been doing, this has only been five months later, uh, six months later, is that she now, um, she welcomes in her, like in her neighborhood. So she, she's got the neighborhood aspect. She has a heart for Hackney is what it's called. She has a house church meeting in her neighborhood because she's gathered about three other laborers that were willing to go with her. They go around and knock on doors. And from that, they've seen a house church start in her flat within six months. But she also, um, recognizes that her house is, is a base because she, her hair salon is in her house. And so she's started to allow people, um, kind of like the estranged of society, um, to come and just be with her as much as possible and watch how she does life and stay with her, live with her. Um, she's, she's like grandmother age, so it works really nicely (laughs) for her to do that. And, um, and through that, she started a second house church of kind of like, um, broken, wounded women basically. Mm -hmm. And that she's um, specifically got influence over and seen lots of baptisms um, through that and through that has grown an international mission mission because a lot of these women are actually from Italy. And so now she's taking trips. Um, her and I are going into Italy next month to meet with some of these people who have come to faith, these young women meet with their families to help them share with their families. Cause they've got this vision to see their families have the same thing that they now have in London. Um, but other than that, she's also, because she has a flexible schedule, she gives two days a week into going into the financial district in London because she just recognizes such the need and openness there. And she leads out two different community care groups um, and to go out and just care for people for an hour in different, um, in, in a consistent, two consistent areas. And she recognized that, okay, if I'm doing this, then I need to be training a lot of people because that's how I'm going to get the laborers. So she now also trains at least once a week um, in an environment in Westminster, trains Christians up there. <clears throat> and she's seen a church start from her efforts in the financial district. And so now she has a coffee shop church in the financial district. I mean, it's just, she's just completely going off. Um, and so she's using every influence that she has. Um, and even considering that her passion for finance district is an influence, um, even though she doesn't work there. Um, but she saw that like, okay, with my job, I have time flexibility so I can, I can go into this area. So she's, yeah, she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Sister. Cause um, the environment in London is, is very open spiritually. And most people are, most people we interact with across different demographics, socioeconomic scales, they're very spiritual. It's just, yeah. there's an openness. Everyone says they're spiritual. And so we're utilizing that. And also, creating space for our laborers to use basically use more spiritual things as entry points and using spiritual language. And so most of the time we're, when people ask what we do, we're, we're encouraging our teams and we say it all the time that we're spiritual coaches and immediately across the board, people are asking, 
where do I sign up for, where do, how do I do this? How do I sign up for sessions? Um, and we just launch into a session right there, sharing with them. And also uh, a lot of people are open to be praying forward for healing mentally and physically, especially mentally. There's by next year, it's um, forecasted that 90% of London will be diagnosed uh, medically with some mental disability or mental um, like anxiety or yeah. depression. Or- and so just, and help, so we're offering healing a lot and giving our laborers room to just let the power of God just operate where he wants to, but just feel the freedom to offer those things. And also um, use things like words of knowledge or prophetic, prophetic prayer. And we've got all the tools as a helpful base and framework so people can always default to, but we're encouraging our laborers. We're just seeing so much fruitfulness from it, but using that opportunity just to be more creative with God and also let them know what you're doing. And so a huge entry point for us has been, hey, I'm learning to listen to God and I feel like he's giving me something for you. Do you mind if I share that with you? And just across the board, these few entry tools that seem more spiritual are just opening up more doors because that's the avenue where the current harvest is in London, just very spiritual, looking for spiritual answers. And they know that their mental mental and physical needs are going to be met and spiritual. So that's bleeding into the workplace too, where there's now spiritual coaching happening at workplaces and CEOs are seeking words for their, for their business. And also there's HR directors are saying we need, we need solutions for these mental health issues because we're seeing anxiety and stress and worry and all these things, depressions uh, really hinder our work company. And it's just, all of that has provided so many opportunities for Christians to take seats of influence and just say, we have the answer. If you're willing to let me set this up, do it. Uh, what they'll call like a meditation course over lunch, which is just prayer with God. And so we're just using all the language to transition people into those places, but it's just opening up so many doors and then, yeah, just finding avenues where people can be the church wherever, as it bleeds into other neighborhoods where people commute hour and a half away um, and create that network across the city. But it's just become very. I think one more thing that we're learning as we've been traveling a lot and going to, so like Accenture is in London. So when we go to New York and like speak at a conference or something, then we can, you know, we have an immediate 70 people who want to be trained at Accenture in New York. Like it's, it's this connection wild. But what we're learning as we go to different places is just how, um, how forgotten people like Christians in the workplace feel as far as yeah. like their role in ministry and um just kind of misunderstood for what their purpose is and just sitting with I mean we've literally spent time in the past month just sitting with people who are leading these Christian groups at Fortune 500 companies and they're just weeping because they feel like they they're just so happy to hear that they could have that, like what they're doing matters that they could do you know, kingdom work, bring kingdom in their office place. Um, and then the reality is that it's hard. Like it's, there's persecution in their work life. There's actual persecution. Um, there is the reality. They could miss out on projects. They could lose things. They could get questioned by HR. Like these are the realities, but they're standing up for them. Like they're saying like, not on my watch that I'm not going to let, you know, I'm not going to be silenced in these ways. And so um, I, my eyes have really been opened to 
the work of the saints yeah. um, in workplaces. But yeah, just to go off what Colin's saying, it's all also okay. to share one more big story. Sorry. Cause this one just highlights what is happening in workplaces. We trained a group at Facebook in the Bay area and a new Christian was there and he said, I can do this at work. We encourage him. You can. And the week after he was at the all office meeting that they host every week at mm. Facebook and there's a Q and a, he stood in line when it was his turn. He said, Hey, Mark, I wanted to know as a Facebooker, what we can be praying and asking God to help you with. And he gave a very like, politically correct answer but who, this, uh, who was this mark he was talking to mark zuckerberg yeah okay um yeah and he prays for him and lets him know i i need i need to tell you something and he shared his story wrapped around the gospel and asked mark where are you with this what do you believe in jesus and mark's answer was i believe everyone at facebook should come to terms with where they stand in regards to this question and he just gave just complete right for every Christian or every person at Facebook to decide what do they believe about Jesus. And we're just seeing that very consistently at very high places where it's people are given the opportunity and encouraged by non-Christians who are leading these companies to seek these questions out. I'd love, yeah, I'd love to give it a simple honor. The first is to spend, wake up a little bit earlier and spend some time on your knees crying out to God to fill you um, with the Holy Spirit for boldness and desire and compassion (laughs) for your coworkers. That's number one. Um, And for his kingdom. Um, Then I think that really what we were doing is to start looking at everyday conversation that you're already having with your coworkers. What is already happening in the context of coworkers? What are you already talking about? And you're going to notice as you do there's a lot of brokenness. People are complaining about a lot of things. And so take that opportunity to care for someone and say like, man, that sounds really rough. Um, Even if it's just like, I'm exhausted. You can ask more into that, lean into that a little bit and say like, how's that impacting your week? Is there any way I can help you? And then the real zinger is, Hey, I'd really love to just briefly pray and ask God to help you with that. I'm not going to do anything weird. No one's going to know we're praying. Give me five seconds. And let that be, start praying for people at work. Tell them they don't need to close their eyes. You're not going to say anything christian but you're going to pray for them right then and there. And let that be an on-ramp to caring for someone. And then you can be done with the conversation for them. Let Give them an out. Say, hey, I know you probably need to get going, but could we grab coffee some other time this week or next week in two weeks? Let's grab coffee. I just want to share a story with you. And then you're off and running and you're just going to see where God is already working. And as, as you step out to open, open heavens to these people, you're going to see where God is working and you're going to see where he hasn't, where a heart isn't open yet. But for me, that's really the first step is seeing who around you is already open. Um, we have videos. If that's helpful, if anyone wants videos of these things, we have workplace training videos, um, with a little, that's just like a very humble website that we've created. Um, and then we're also always very happy to connect with people or have some of our leaders connect with people. Um, and strong presence in New York and San yeah, Francisco. We, and yeah. Austin. If you're in, if you want information or you want to meet and you're in San Francisco, Austin, New York, London, or Dublin, we can definitely hook you up with someone in person. So that's no the other thing I would share is ask God, if you don't know where they are, gather the Christians and start praying intentionally for your company to prosper and let the let the whoever's leading your company know 
and send them emails. Hey, we are praying for this company to prosper, praying for your family. What can we be asking God to help you with this week? And just weekly send those up, make that relationship, keep your, uh, open up the relationship with your CEO or whoever's leading the owner of the company and start to pray and let them know that you're praying. That's the second thing I would ask. You gotta add one more city, Berlin. Berlin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, excellent. We got some big ones though. Visit movements.net to find out how you can stay in touch with Colin and Lindsay and uh, discover more about their training for movements in the workplace.